Welcome to the Standing Up to Pots podcast, otherwise known as the Potscast. This podcast is dedicated to educating and empowering the community about postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, commonly referred to as POTS. This invisible illness impacts millions and we are committed to explaining the basics, raising awareness, exploring the research, and empowering patients to not only survive, but thrive. This is the Standing Up to POTS podcast. Hello, fellow POTS patients and super wonderful people who care about POTS patients. I'm Jill Brook, your hyperadrenergic host, and today we have an episode of the POTS Diaries where we get to know someone in the POTS community and hear their story. So today we are speaking with Abby, who volunteered to share her story so that the rest of us might benefit. Thank you so much for joining us today, Abby. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Let's start with the easy stuff. What is your age and where are you? I am 20. My brain fog's already acting. <laughs> That's fine. I'm, we expect that. <laughs> I'm 23. <laughs> Had a recent birthday in November, and I'm in Houston, Texas. Very nice. Okay, now a hard question. How would your friends or family describe your personality? They would say that I'm a caring person and that I'm funny and hardworking. Okay, if I was going to make you brag about yourself, tell us something that you're good at. I am good at writing, being creative. Do you have any sort of favorite type of writing to do? Not really, just everything. I always have ideas of like, I should write a book, I should start a blog, so I need to figure out my favorite and go with that. Excellent. Did you have some years of life before POTS kicked in? And if so, how many? Yes, it's hard to really tell. Like I can remember when I was a kid, I can remember like standing at elementary school, like giving a presentation and everything just turning black, moments like that. But I never really thought anything of it. I just thought that was kind of normal. So yes and no. During the time when it was maybe unclear or before POTS became a big deal, can you give us a snapshot of what your life was like at that point, kind of leading up to when it became a bigger deal? I was really active, just always doing things. Up until college, I played tennis and kind of tried every sport in elementary school and just was a really active kid, always like the center of attention, putting on like dances for my family members and things like that. So yeah, just really active and center of attention. What was your first sign that something was in 2020, I graduated from college, and that was when it all started to go downhill like really fast. I really don't know why. I guess that's the whole thing about POTS. You don't really know <laughs> half the time. But that year was also the year that I started my first job and moved to live on my own in a big new city. And so I kind of just dismissed all of these feelings as anxiety and stress. But I was having really bad, like what I think now were like adrenaline dumps maybe. But then at the time I thought they were panic attacks. So I started to think something was wrong then, but still didn't really think much of it. I just like got a therapist and ordered some like anxiety attack books on Amazon and thought like I'll be fine 
But then in November of 2020, I fainted for the first time. And that had never happened before. It, it had usually only been like the blackouts. Can I ask a question? When you were thinking it was just anxiety and such, did anybody tell you that it was or did you just assume it was? Like, did a doctor tell you it was or was that just your first assumption? I actually didn't. It's funny because I feel like a lot of people have other people telling them, oh, it's just in your head, but that's like what I was telling myself every day. And that's what I was telling the people around me because I would always talk to my boyfriend and be like, I'm so, like, I get so anxious when I'm at dinner with my friends. Like, it's so weird. And I like feel like I need to leave, like the fight or flight kind of thing. And I kind of convinced everyone around me that it was normal too. Did that affect you in other ways? Did it like affect your self-esteem or your self-confidence? I don't really know about self-esteem or self-confidence, but just wanting to do things in general. I didn't really want to go out to dinner ever because that was like, like I felt like my home was the safe space where it didn't happen to me because I was mostly like laying down or I could if I needed to. So I kind of like isolated myself a little bit. So I think that had an effect on me. And still, it's still a hard thing to like kind of get back out there. But it's better now to know what's going on. Those like attacks were happening. And then I was getting my nails done and fainted just like for seemingly no reason. Like I had eaten that day and drank in water and done everything right. That was the first time when people started to tell me like what it was without knowing. They would be like, oh, you need to eat more. Like, you need to drink more water. You need to like get more sleep. And I'm like, I'm doing all of these things or I'm trying to, but something's just like not feeling right still. But from then on, I just like every time before I would leave the house, I would like have a bowl of oatmeal to try to prevent <laughs> this like feeling from coming on. Because I'm like, oh, I need to eat more. I would always have waters with me, which I still do. And what happened that led to you getting answers and a diagnosis? What did that look like? Yeah, so I went through this just kind of like horrible year, I guess, where I was just not feeling well and couldn't explain it. I just didn't really even try to like figure it out. I just kind of accepted like this is what I'm, this is just <laughs> what it's like now for me. Then this past year in 2021 in July, I was standing at a food truck and I fainted again. And I literally remember like while I was standing there, I was like, it's just my anxiety. Like I'm just nervous that I'm going to faint. I'm not actually going to. And oh, I broke no. my collarbone. Yeah. Oh no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's better now. So that really, that took me down, like literally. And I hit my head, broke my collarbone. And I, it was the first time that I really like wanted to advocate for myself because I knew something like, at this point like isn't right. Like it's beyond just my anxiety now and even at that point the ambulance came, like I couldn't get up off the ground I was just not feeling well and so the ambulance came and they took me but they were like the hospitals are just so backed up like you don't need to go like you can just go sleep it off and I was like my shoulder really hurts and my head is like bleeding right now so oh, no. I'm like you're taking me and that was the first time of many that I had to advocate for my health to be taken seriously that's really interesting to me that it's almost like up until that moment, you were even doubting yourself. Yeah. Wow. And I'm sorry you had to have something so drastic happen. I know. It's, I kind of feel like I needed that 
for me or else I just would have kept pushing myself. And yeah, I feel like for me in my POTS journey, I needed something to like be like, you need to get this figured out. And after that, it took me out. Like I was just not feeling good at all laying in bed for like a month straight. And I remember we had this trip to Florida planned for my boyfriend's birthday. And I literally like couldn't even walk to get the mail or like when I was brushing my teeth, I would have to sit down. I'm like, how am I supposed to get through security, let alone like go on a plane and like go on a boat? Like I can't do anything right now. So we canceled that. And it was weird because people are like, oh, but like you said your collarbone's not hurting. Like, why can't you go? And I'm like, it's not that. Like there's something else. And I just didn't know. Oh, so they did not diagnose the POTS yet, even no, after you no, fainted. No. We're still at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, not really. But we're getting closer. Pretty much, like after that happened, and I knew that I couldn't do any of these things. Like I didn't want to shower because it was like really hard. Started looking up on my. Well, I talked to my doctor and got all the blood work that we all know comes back normal, and the echo that comes back normal. I remember she was like, "Everything looks great. Like just keep it up. Just keep drinking water." And I'm like, "I can't brush my teeth." <laughs> Just keep what up? Oh my goodness. I know. Like, I'm trying to keep up. <laughs> so then, and this is kind of funny because a lot for, like, a lot of my job is research, not anything related to health, but just companies in general. And so I kind of put my researcher hat on and I was like, why do people faint? Like, what kind of issues cause fainting? And I found POTS just by Googling. And I didn't want to like get my hopes up, but I have an Apple Watch and I checked my heart rate, like did the poor man's tilt table test and it just, you know, skyrocketed like beyond 40 or whatever the like limit is that they go by. And so I was like, I know it's this, but I don't want to like jinx it or anything because at that point it's like so validating to, or like hopeful that like there is something like this could be it and this could like help me getting this answer. So I just was waiting for my tilt table test, was so excited for it, which is weird. <laughs> and I finally got it. And I remember like when they tilted me up, my heart rate went up to like 180 or something. And I remember all the doctors like standing there watching me like I was some kind of like guinea pig or something. And all of their jaws were like, oh my God, like, and one of them was even like, I'm so sorry that you feel this way. And that was like the best feeling. Because <laughs> I'm like, finally, like you can see this is what happens to me. Like, so that was awesome. But then I was quickly back to step one because I was like oh well is there a doctor for this and they're like well, you could go to Maryland I think and I'm like Maryland or whatever some random state <laughs> so then I was like this is gonna be a long <laughs> journey at least I got that answer wow well you know and I think that you just encapsulated some of the ups and downs so well where you're completely miserable but then you're actually happy to think you might have this thing because at least it's an answer yeah. And then you probably hoped that it had a cure. And then you found out there wasn't even a doctor in your state. And it's kind of a cruel series of events that probably so many POTS patients have been through with all that. Yeah. My parents were so confused because I was like texting in our family group chat and I'm like, it's POTS! Exclamation point. They're like, why are you happy? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, just so happy to finally have that. Like, there is something that's going on here that we could at least figure out how to manage. 
Right. Yeah. And I'm guessing our listeners probably understand better than anybody the way that you would actually be happy to get a diagnosis. Yeah. Once you had a diagnosis, were you able to find things that helped? And did you find a doctor that helped you? Or did you put your researcher hat back on and help yourself again? Or what happened? I put it back on. I joined a bunch of Facebook groups, which I already knew existed. But again, I am like crazy. I didn't want to jinx myself by joining them too early. So literally, as I was driving back from the tilt table test, I was like joining them all and like gonna go through them. And so I searched in a local one. I think I just searched like doctor and saw who people recommended. And so luckily, I found one that is about an hour or two away. So that was awesome. And that's how I found like all my other millions of doctors that I've seen (laughs) since then. It sounds like at your worst, tell me if this is correct, you were kind of stuck in bed, you couldn't walk to the mailbox, you had to cancel your trip to Florida. Yeah. How are you now? I am better. I'm a lot better. I like want to be strategic with what I say because I feel like so many times I'm like, oh, I'm good. Like, I'm great. And (laughs) it's not always honest. But yeah, I'm, I'm doing a lot better. It's weird because like before that incident, I would just push myself so much that I would go on these long walks with my dog and then feel horrible throughout them, but not really know. So I would just like be in a terrible mood or like, I don't even know how to describe it. But now that I'm like more mindful of it, I don't push myself as hard. And I know what will make things worse for me. Like if it's 100 degrees outside, I'm not gonna go (laughs) out there. (laughs) But yeah, like today I walked my dog by myself, which it's funny because a year ago probably wouldn't have even thought twice about that being an accomplishment, but it is been a long journey. Yeah. Feel free to tell me if you don't want to talk about this, but like, can you eat normally? Can you drive somewhere? If if someone asked you to go out to dinner now, how would it seem? Can you concentrate? How's all that stuff going? The eating thing, it's funny you bring that up because I think that was like one of the first issues of mine that I didn't really like pay attention to, I guess, or that I just kind of thought like, what's wrong with me? Like, it's kind of shameful, I guess, in a way, because I like lost a lot of weight a few years ago and then just couldn't really eat big meals and felt so sick after eating like my favorite foods, pizza. (laughs) And it felt like shameful because a lot of my friends and family would be like, you need to like eat your meal. And I would be like sitting there feeling like horrible. And obviously when you're in that state, that's like the last thing you want to do. But it just, yeah, I had issues with that. But now that I know that small meals help me and I'm seeing a GI doctor, I feel like I'm really getting that on track, doing what's best for me instead of trying to force myself to do something that doesn't feel good, which is great. At your worst, you had mentioned that it sounded bad to go out to dinner because you wouldn't be able to lay down, for example. Like nowadays, how does it sound to go out to dinner? It sounds scary, but I also feel like with every day, I get to know better if I'm going to be feeling well, if that makes sense. So I'll know if I'm going to have a bad day, POTS-wise. And so when I do have good days, I try to take advantage of it, or else I feel like I lose my confidence, kind of. still kind of scary, especially with people who don't know everything about POTS. And I felt like it's helped so much just telling my friends, like, this is what's been going on, and I feel this and I feel like I never would have said that 
I wouldn't have been that vulnerable with someone, but it's helped me so much to just be honest. And it's kind of like takes the, it takes the pressure off of you to act perfect. So everyone's been supportive when you tell them? Yeah, pretty much. And I know that's not everyone's experience, but, and it's not everyone, but I feel like I just take what I don't really listen to when people aren't. I'm just like, it's okay. They're, they have good intentions usually. Has POTS affected your work at all? Do you still do a research job? Yeah, I'm still at my same job, but I did get accommodations, which has been great. Just, it's funny because the accommodations are just normal working hours. <laughs> it's been really, it's made a lot of difference for me, so I'm grateful for that. And luckily, I've worked remote ever since the start of my job. I can't imagine like what it would have done to me to have been going in every day while also going through this. So I feel like it's just really weird how the timing of everything was. I mean, it's a horrible thing, but like the timing, I guess, was nice. Do you mean that COVID allowed you to work from home? Yeah. Like, even though there's no good circumstances for having POTS, I think it was, I guess it was good for me, circumstances. Did you ever identify any trigger or any underlying cause of your POTS, or did it remain a mystery? Yes, they think that I have EDS, so they think that's why it was brought out. But I have i don't really know how you get diagnosed with that. I think you have to see like a geneticist and I had trouble finding one near me. That's like the hardest part about the whole thing is like, yes, this, this doctor is great, but like they don't see this kind of patient or like it's hard. But, but yeah, that's what they think it is. What do you think is your biggest life change that you've made because of POTS? I think before I was diagnosed or before I started showing these like crazy symptoms, I was really social and like just went out all the time with friends and it kind of did a complete 180. That has been the biggest change in not giving up drinking. It wasn't that isn't that important to me now. I don't care that I don't drink, but I think it's interesting because whenever I would go out, I knew that drinking made whatever was going on with me worse. So it started to like make me just disgusted by it. So now I like don't miss it at all, <laughs> which is great. Kind of a Pavlovian response yeah. has trained you. <laughs> That's interesting. I know. <laughs> My friends are like, I don't know how you could do that. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't know how you do. <laughs> but yeah, it's obviously different. <laughs> Have you found anything that really makes a big difference to your symptoms and helps a lot? Yes, I feel like I have a little routine down where I wake up, the first thing I do is drink an electrolyte packet, and that has just made so much of a difference. Then in the afternoon, I'll like have a really large glass of one too, so I'll have like two a day, and sometimes I'll have the salt tablets that you can get, but usually I'll just like eat salt throughout the day. But yeah, those two things have made a big difference. Is there any person who has helped you through this? Yes, my boyfriend has been here throughout the whole thing. So it's been awesome to have him. He's just made it such a difference with me, like mentally and physically helping and coming to all my doctor's appointments because he's actually like curious and learning more. And I feel like that has helped a lot for both of us. What do you feel like is the best support that people can give you? 
For me, I just think it's helpful when people want to know more like about POTS and are curious about it and aren't like assuming things or coming up with their own, I guess, explanation. Yeah, just people who are curious and like ask questions and are respectful about it has been really helpful. Does it ever get you down that you have POTS now? And if so, is there anything that helps you cope with that? Yes, I think it definitely gets me down because I feel like I've made so much progress if I have like a bad day or if I need to lay down in the middle of a target or whatever. (laughs) It is kind of like it feels like a setback kind of. So I think it's helped me to just think like to think about it differently. And instead of being like, oh my god, like I can't do anything to think like, oh no, I was able to like advocate for myself get in that chair or whatever and tell someone that I wasn't feeling well and that's like a huge step in something that I wouldn't have done before. So yeah, just trying to stay positive but also like acknowledging the hard parts too. You had mentioned that some of your favorite activities before POTS were a lot of athletics and a lot of going out with friends. What are your favorite activities or hobbies now? In the time that I was like stuck at home with my broken collarbone and not feeling well, I kind of went through a few hobbies. Like I started painting randomly and cooking a lot of like healthy meals, which from my chair in my kitchen, of course, (laughs) which has been great, which has been fun for me. And uh, I also started fostering puppies, which it's exhausting, but (laughs) it's just a nice thing to do with if you're at home and you know, the company's nice. (laughs) Oh my god. Gosh, that sounds amazing. (laughs) So fostering puppies, I did not even know that was a thing because I would assume the puppies would get snapped up so quick. I know. Well, they're super young, so they have to wait until they're like old enough to, I guess, get neutered and everything. But in Houston, we have so many that they like take them from the shelters that are overflowing and then bring them to somewhere where they don't have as many like shelter dogs. And I'm just the foster in the meantime until their ride is ready. So like how many puppies and what ages? I have three right now. I'm crazy. (laughs) (laughs) My parents think I'm crazy and my boyfriend too, but he loves them. They're four weeks old and they're so cute. Oh my gosh, I want to come there right now. What do you, what do they need? What do you do for them? They pretty much sleep all day. They just kind of make messes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and they eat every like four hours or so. But yeah, they're mostly just my little cuddle bugs. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. And do you need to feed them? Mm -hmm. They eat like wet food, just like spread out on a paper plate. Wow. It's been keeping me busy. Is there anything that you know now about living with POTS that you wish you had known sooner? everything. I don't know. I feel like we have a lot of really great communities and I'm glad that I, for some reason, knew to join those right away on Facebook and Instagram and everything. And I feel like that's where all of my good tips and tricks have come from, but mostly just staying hydrated, I think is the most important one for me. Has POTS taught you any life lessons or anything like that? Yes, it's taught me to one advocate for myself. And I think even if pots went away, I think that's something that would stick with me because it's just it can be so important in any area of your life. But definitely like advocating for how I was feeling and just sticking up for myself and I guess just trusting myself, which 
are all valuable lessons. <laughs> That's great. Are you up for doing a speed round where you just say the first thing that comes to your brain fogged mind? Yes, <laughs> but considering I didn't even know my age when we started, this could be bad. <laughs> That's all right. We'll chalk it up to creativity. <laughs> what is your favorite way to get salt? I like my electrolyte packets. What is the drink that you find the most hydrating? Just a nice glass of water. What is your favorite time of day and why? Right now, it's the morning because I feel like a lot of times by the night, I'm like exhausted, but it flips. So now it's morning. How many doctors have you seen for POTS or related issues? Probably like 10 to 15. How many other POTS patients have you ever met face-to-face -face in the flesh? I don't think I've met any. What is one word that describes what it's like living with POTS? Unpredictable. What is some good advice anyone ever gave you about anything? Just taking it day by day, I guess. What is something inexpensive that brings you comfort or joy? Well, I would say my foster dogs, because I'm not supposed to spend money on them, but I do, because I want to spoil them. <laughs> but <laughs> That's great. <laughs> what is something that you're proud of? I am proud of my small accomplishments each day, like walking my dog today and just getting up every day and getting through it. What is the toughest thing about POTS? There's a million tough things about POTS itself, but for me, the hardest thing has been dealing with people who don't understand why I'm grateful for this podcast to share it with them. Very nice. Do you have anything that helps you fall asleep? I have a sound machine, which helps, but I need more tips so if you have any let me know <laughs> right don't we all <laughs> is there anything that helps give you energy if i don't eat i lose all energy so just keeping up with my small meals throughout the day and trying to be healthy with them makes me feel good what is a gift that you would have sent to every pots patient on earth if you had infinite funds if you couldn't tell already, my electrolyte packets. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. I have a whole bin of like all different brands, so I don't want to pick a favorite, but they would get them all. Oh, very nice. What is something that you are grateful for? I'm grateful for my family and friends who've been just here throughout it all, and my boyfriend who's also been just such a big support. Shout out. Thank you, nice people. Where is the weirdest place that you've ever had to sit or lay down because of POTS? Literally everywhere. <laughs> but the weirdest place, I guess, probably a random like massage chair at the nail salon that I just kind of dove into. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, nail salon. <laughs> nice. I'm wondering if you can finish a few sentences. I love it when... People cancel plans because I'm, like, <laughs> relieved. <laughs> I will totally second that. Genius answer. Yes. <laughs> okay, next one. I hate it when... 
I hate it when doctors don't know what POTS is. And, well, not when they don't know when they're, like, not really willing to, like, learn. Yeah. People might suspect I'm a potsy when... When I do not leave my apartment without at least one water bottle and sit down anywhere immediately after arriving. (laughs) I'm the same way. And you know what's funny? I always think about how it seems like most of the POTS patients I know are pretty young and pretty flexible. And so it's not that hard or strange seeming to see like a young person sitting somewhere. But I always wonder, what about when I'm 80? Is that going to be a little odd when I just like sit down in the middle of the mall or laying down with my feet up in the dressing room of the store for like half an hour? And so maybe we'll interview some people who are there now. (laughs) Yeah, even the other way around. Like I feel guilty kind of if I like sit down on a bus and like I hope someone doesn't come on who like needs their seat. I know it's like a horrible thing, but I'm like, you can't tell, but I really, you do not want me standing up for more than three minutes. That's a great point. Great point. Okay, I just have a couple more questions. What do you wish more people knew about POTS? I wish they knew that it affects like every aspect of our lives and every day, even if it's not 100% horrible, it's still always kind of there, the symptoms. So it's always something that we are thinking about and managing, even if it doesn't look like it. Yeah, good answer. Is there anything you would want to say to your fellow POTS patients who may be listening? I would want to say you're doing the best you can, and I'm proud of you. And last question, why did you agree to let us share your story today? Because I feel like even though I've only had POTS, well, even though I've only known that I've had POTS for a little more than maybe six months, I feel like I've gained a lot of like valuable lessons that I could share with the POTS community and just anyone else who is listening with their own things or if they know someone with POTS. So I just wanted to help, I guess, and additionally help spread awareness of it. Beautiful. Well, Abby, thank you so much for sharing your story and your insights with us. We really appreciate it. And I know that we all wish you the best going forward. Thank you so much. And hey, listeners. Remember, this is not medical, dental, spiritual, relationship, fashion, menu, or any kind of advice. Consult your medical team about what's right for you. Please consider subscribing because it helps us get found by more people like you. But thank you for listening. Remember that you're not alone and please join us again soon. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts or on our website, www.standinguptopots.org slash podcast. And I would add, if you have any ideas or topics you'd like to suggest, send them in. You can also engage with us on social media at the handle Standing Up to Pots. Thanks for listening, and we hope you join us. This show is a production of Standing Up to Pots.